This is the Commission Church Online. Welcome to our podcast. We want to be a church who brings heaven on earth through the word of God and the love of Christ. I pray this week's message blesses you. I want to get right into this, uh, this message that God has put in my heart. Uh, I don't want to take too much time today because I know that you guys have plans, lunch plans, reservations, and I want to make sure that you guys get to where you need to be to celebrate uh, the people in your life. Uh, you know, Mother's Day sermons are notoriously awful. All right, and I say this not because, uh, you know, I've preached an awful message before. I could look back and say it's probably been, you know, on and off, but it's kind of like the sentimental tripe that leaves some women feeling uh, smugly self-satisfied because they're a good mother while others are left licking their wounds because they feel like they haven't matched up. Because most of the messages preached from the stage, uh, it's, it's usually one of the two uh, types. Uh, the first one is a celebration of mothers. You know, mothers are awesome. God loves mothers. Look at Mary. Be like Mary. Okay? And then the second one tells mothers how to be better mothers. Be like Mary or be like Hannah or happy Mother's Day. Now, now here's how to be an awesome mother, right? And, and, and women are like, oh, here we go. A pastor actually once told me, he was like, you know, the best thing to do is to not just preach anything about mothers at all. Just go about preaching your normal sermon series. Now, I was tempted to do that. I was tempted to go on with Matthew 7 because we got a lot of Matthew to cover. Uh, We're we're just started with, sorry, Matthew 6. Uh, So I'm like, okay, uh, should I do that? And then I said, you know what? I think this idea that we can't or shouldn't celebrate the blessings of others holds us back. Like we're called to weep with those who weep and we're called to rejoice with those who rejoice. That's what Romans 12 tells us. And I think there's a good reason for that. And I think there's, there's a need for balance and perspective. I can see how this day could be a day that brings bad memories and bad feelings and awful thoughts and thoughts of, of, that, that are depressive, thoughts that are sad, uh, as well as other people that feel happy about this day. No matter what category you fall in, I believe that mothers are a gift from God. And today, my, my message is not about mothers. It's not about Mother's Day. There wasn't a Mother's Day in the Bible. But we are given godly examples of mothers in the Bible. There are people here that have had godly mother figures in their life, and there are others that probably haven't. But whatever category you fall in, I can't help but, but think of this passage in Scripture in 1 Samuel chapter number 1, where there's this woman called Hannah. And I'm going to read this passage in, 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 in parts. I'm going to read a few verses here and there, uh, if you could keep up with me, and and the, the verses are also on the screen, and, and, and just kind of keep up because I'm going to skip a few verses, catch on to a few verses that are actually important. But I'm going to read from verse 1. There was a certain man of Ramathaim Zephoim of the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroam, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuth, and Erephite. He had two wives. The name of, the, of, of one of them was Hannah, and the name of the other was Benina. And Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. Verse 6, and her rival used to provoke her grievously to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. So it went on year by year. As often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she, she used to provoke her. 
Therefore Hannah wept and would not eat. Where stand, she was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And she vowed a vow that said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servants and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord of all the days of his life, and no razor shall touch his head. Verse 12, as she continued praying before the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was speaking in her heart, only her lips moved, and a voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli took her to, to, a, to be a drunken woman. Verse 14, and Eli said to her, how long will you go on being drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered, no, my Lord, I am a woman troubled in my spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Verse 16, do not regard your servant as a worthless woman, for as long as I have been speaking out of my great anxiety, speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation. I want to uh, kind of preface this message by saying that our identity and value is found in Christ Jesus, not in our relationship status. And for women, I want to remind you, it's not found in your fertility. Fertility is worshiped by pagans, not by Christians. But that doesn't mean that fertility isn't a wonderful blessing or that being a faithful wife or a godly mother isn't something to be celebrated or honored. In Proverbs chapter 31, verse 28, the Bible says this, her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and, her, and he praises her. I, th this idea that, that we have of motherhood is one that is sacred. Uh, I love my mother dearly. Uh, it's, it's a very deep relationship that I have with my mom uh, because she is kind of like the glue that uh, holds our family together. She, she's the one that prays. She's the one that intercedes. She's the one that makes sure that we are spiritually sound, that we're in church, that we're worshiping God, that we are doing what we're supposed to do. And when you think about your mothers, there are different things that come to your mind. But the Bible talks about this woman called Hannah in the Bible. And all of you probably know who this woman is or know about this woman in the Bible. And the Bible just talked about how his, her husband had two wives. And knowing the time of that day, if the first wife could not bear children, which was prob probable in this case, if Hannah did not give, her, give him children, Elkanah would have then gone and married another woman that had the ability to give him children. So they're caught up in the situation where Elkanah has two wives. One is Hannah and the other one is Penina. The Bible also goes on to say that he loved Hannah deeply. It didn't matter if he gave her, a, he gave him, she gave him a son or a daughter or not. The fact that she did not produce offspring did not change the way he looked at her. He always was favorable. He, 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 she always found favor in his eyes. This reminds me a little bit about God because God doesn't bless you because you're fruitful. He blesses you because you're faithful. There is a faithfulness of God that comes through in this picture of Elkanah and Hannah. God doesn't give us what we deserve. He gives us what we desire. This beautiful picture that is painted is this, this, the word Hannah in itself, the, the name Hannah. It means grace. And grace means unmerited favor from God. 
See, favor was a fact. Favor is not a feeling. Favor was, was present in her. Hannah didn't feel favor. She was in favor. Her womb might have been closed, but the favor was overflowing in her life. She had plenty of that. The biggest struggle of a woman in this life will be the fact that she constantly feels like she doesn't measure up or there's always going to be the voice of a penina that keeps dragging her back. I think about my mom and, and, the, and the different seasons that she went through in her life. If there was one struggle that she had, it wasn't the children that didn't listen to her. It wasn't the family that, that, that she always prayed over. It wasn't her relatives. It was really the people that were around her that expected her to be a certain way. It was the Peninas in her life. No, I'm not talking about my dad's other wife. That's not what I'm talking about. But Peninas come in different forms and shapes. It can come in the form of co-workers. It can come in the form of relatives. It can come in the form of sisters and brothers. It can come in the form of people like neighbors, people that are so unassuming sometimes. It can come in different ways. And the biggest struggle that women or people in general have is we got to keep up. We got to keep up. We got to make sure that we meet the expectations that people have laid for us. What do people think? What are people going to say? What are the what are the peninas in our life going to speak over us? And oftentimes the ostracizing that we feel from the peninas are the one are, are the are the occasions that keep dragging us back. Among all the voices you have around you, the voice of penina is the voice that affects you the most. The voice of the critic, the voice of the naysayer, the voice of the jealous. The voice of the one around you that, that says, oh, I was not the first choice, but I still have something that you don't. I don't know what your peninas are today, but I want to remind somebody that you are still created in the image of God. That no matter what season you're going through, no matter what's happening around you, no matter what you've been through, what you're going through today, it doesn't matter. God created you in his image, in his likeness, and he said, I have filled you with favor. God is speaking to some Hannahs and saying, you are favor. Like that is, that, that is the definition of your existence is that my favor is shining upon you. So Hannah had one response to this. Hannah's response was, I'm going to call upon the Lord. People that are listening to me today, like I said, I'm just not talking about mothers today. I'm talking to fathers. I'm talking to young women. I'm talking to young men. I'm talking to people around at all times. The, the weight of expectation of the world might seem so uh, diabolic. It might seem so, uh, so weighty. It might seem so, uh, it does not make sense in your head and in your mind. But in all of that, remember that God created you unique. He purposed you. He had a plan for you. He has a plan in your life. And in moments of distress, and in moments when the weight of the world comes down upon you, remind yourself who you are and whose you are. You are a child of the living God. When your peninas attack, there's one thing that I saw my mom always do, and it was always go on her knees. Say, Lord, I want to ask you, Lord, because you are the one that gave me promises. And some of you are sitting over here today, and you have the promises of God on your life. And I want to remind you that God's promises are a yes and an amen. 
God's promises for you are favorable. His promises for you in your life may not be something that you understand or you can comprehend, but I want to remind somebody today that God's promises are a yes and amen. And if he has promised something to you, he will bring it to fruition and he will bring it to completion. Your blessing may not look like Benina's blessing. Your blessing may not look like status quo. It might not look like what people are expecting it to look like, but it doesn't take away from the fact that if God gave it to you, he will bring it to pass in his time. So when those times of doubt come to you, the important thing is to look to the Lord and say, Lord, I want to know what you think about this situation. Can I pour my, my woes on you? Can I pour my anxieties on you? Can I, can I pour my worries on you? Because that is what matters at the end of the day. So she prayed from all her heart. That's what the Bible says. The Bible talks about how pain sometimes can take you into deep grief and misery. I don't know how many times in your life pain has taken you into deep grief and misery and, and sometimes if not treated well, if not handled well, if not addressed well, if not taken into the, in the presence of God and, and handled, it is easy for that misery and grief to turn into bitterness. It's easy for you to become bitter with life and although she had good things around her, she can't value it because her heart is so bitter. I pray that as Christians, we will learn how to pour out our bitterness than, how, than to hold on to our bitterness. The Bible instructs us to pour out our bitterness to the Lord. It's, it's okay that you're hurting. It's okay that you're in pain. But I want to remind somebody today that in your pain, God is looking at you and saying, pour out your worries. Let it flow out from you so that it can reach the throne room of heaven so that God can show you his love and his mercy in the middle of your pain. Don't internalize your bitterness. Don't internalize your pain. There is a God that cares. There's a God that wants to see your pain and he wants to hear about your peninas in your life. But you know, when your heart is so bitter, you can't see the good around you and Elkanah's coming up to her and saying, man, I love you. She's like, he, he, looks at, sir, he, he looks and says, man, am I not good enough for you? Like, I'm right here. You need 10 sons? Like, I'm better than 10 sons. Now, now let's get it right, guys. No matter what, how high you think of yourselves, trust me, you're not all that. And, and a little, no, no, no. They still need kids, okay? Like, you're never going to measure up, okay? But, but he thinks like, man, he's good enough. But that shows his heart. It shows the beauty of his heart in looking at her and saying, man, it doesn't matter your condition. It doesn't matter what you have or what you don't have. I love you deeply. I love you sincerely. And I will give to you more than anything else. But when you're in pain and when you're in bitterness, you have no ability to see the good that's happening in your life. I am a faithful husband. I, I, I am with you. I am, I am always going to be by your side. You will always, the Bible even says that once a year when they offered up sacrifices, when they offered up, he would give sacrifices, he would bring it back and he would give it to his wife Benina and the kids, but he would give double the portion to Hannah. Like think about that. You are so blessed. Like if you got a spa gift card, I will give you two spa gift cards. That's how much I love you, Hannah. Not because of what you produce, not because of what you can give me through a child, or, no, because I love you. You are my first love. That is society. Society has its expectations of a man having offspring, but even if you don't give me that, Hannah, you have me. I love you dearly. I love you sincerely. But bitterness has a way of not even looking 
at the good things that are happening to you. Elkanah is like, man, I'm not, I'm not mad. I'm not blaming you. I'm not pointing fingers at you. I'm not abandoning you. She's having good things happening to her as much as he's having negative st stuff happening. But in verse 13, the Bible says she takes her bitterness to God. I am looking at somebody today. I've titled my message, No Condemnation. I believe in my heart that every person sitting in this room needs to understand that you are not created to live in condemnation. You are not a Christian that is meant to live under the condemnation of Peninas and people around you that keep ostracizing you and keep trying to define your identity, define who you are or what you've done or what you're going to do and what's going to come out of your life. I want to declare over you that the plans of God are beautiful over you and Peninas have no place because the favor of God is upon you and God is looking up to you and saying, I am more than you need. He is that arcana that comes into your life and says, I am more than you will ever, ever need. So the Bible says she keeps praying, pray without ceasing. That's what the Bible, oh brother, I don't know about that. How, that's hard. How, how does anybody pray without ceasing? I don't hear anybody saying that about complaining. You complain without ceasing. <laughs> There's no issues there. There's no pastor. That's hard, pastor. We're good at that. Why can't we turn the complaining around and turn that into prayer? Turn that into supplication? Turn that into looking at the face of God and saying, God, I need breakthrough. I need deliverance. I need you to do a work in my heart that has never been done before. And she goes into the presence of God and says, God, if this is your promise, would you give me that which you have promised? Mm. The second thing about Hannah that we learned from this passage, and like I said, I want to keep this short. short. The second thing is she didn't pray to impress people. She knew what she was going through. I thank God for people that know what you're going through, and you will worship and you will pray like you have nobody to please. Come on, am I talking to somebody? What you're going through, only you know what you're going. You know the pain. You know the suffering. You know the affliction. And the way you, I pray that some of y'all need to pray like you, 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 don't, you don't care who's around. I am going to pray. I am going to worship. You better get out of my way when I'm in the presence of God worshiping. Come on, I might talk to somebody here. I was just standing there and worshiping and I saw Vicky coming and searching for a spot and then she was like, yeah, this is a bad spot to be. He's going to punch me at some point in time. And she's like, let me, let me go find another spot. There's always one gap right there. I feel bad for Sonia when she has to sit next to me. Because I'm flaying my arms. Because none of y'all know the battles I've been through. None of y'all know the bears that I've had to encounter. And the lions that I've had to encounter. And when I get into the presence of God, that is my moment to look at the Lord and say, God, thank you because you came through for me. And I don't care who's looking at me. I don't care who's clapping for me. I don't care who thinks I'm a madman. I am here to worship you. And you alone, Lord. And this is what Hannah's doing. Her posture, her body language was scandalous. And it causes this man called Eli, the priest, to walk down to her. He's like, this woman's had one too many mimosas. And, and I just got to have a chat with her right now. This is going to be a pastoral moment. I got to bring her to a moment of awakening. Girl, you got to stop drinking so much. And she looks at him and says, Pastor, you have no idea what I've been through. I'm just not talking about the people around you. Sometimes even pastors will get it wrong and they have no idea what you're going through. But in those moments, it's important to redirect them and say, you don't know my pain. 
You don't know what I am going through right now. I got way too many peninas in my room. See, that's the thing. When you get into the presence of God, people will be offended. When you get into the true intimacy with God, like do you remember the upper room when people started praying for 10 days, rushing wind, tongues of fire appeared, the people started speaking in other tongues, and what did people say? Those people are what? They are drunk. They came up to Peter and was like, hey, Peter, everything okay there? He was like, man, it's too early in the morning to be drunk right now. This is all Jesus. (laughs) When God's presence shows up, it's amazing how people don't care about people around them. They behave in a way that they don't care about how people around them feel. They don't care about how people perceive them. What they think about is this is my moment of deliverance. This is my moment of breakthrough. And Lord, I will pray without ceasing. I will pray with hearts abandoned. I don't care what people think or feel about me. This is a moment between heaven and me. And I am interceding God. Be careful not to judge somebody's worship, y'all. You might not like the scene someone's causing, but you don't know the story. You don't. Condemnation is only for those that are not in Christ Jesus. Church, everyone is condemned who is not in Christ Jesus, and the status of no condemnation for a person is solely because he or she is in Christ Jesus. And I'm telling you, the, the enemy is working overtime. The enemy, enemy works overtime to keep us in shame because he knows if he can keep us in shame, he can minimize our intimacy with God. But today I want to resolve to not be influenced by peninas in our life because Romans 8 and verse 1, the Bible says this, therefore there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Men, women that are listening to me, in my short discourse this morning, I want to just remind somebody, operate and stand from a point of victory and no condemnation and you will see God moving in your life in such amazing ways. Because if, if you are in Christ Jesus, you ought to not fear any condemnation. Like we sang today, we're not a slave to fear. You stand in the righteousness in, of God and you're loved by God as his daughter because, because of Christ's work on your behalf on the cross. And I want to just remind somebody today. I'm talking to mothers today. Is that okay? Mothers, are y'all, y'all listening to me? I'm talking to women today. I, wanna, I want, want you to hear this. There are a lot of peninas that have definitions for you. They, they want you to live a certain way in order for you to be called a mother or you to be called a woman. But I want to remind somebody that you're not condemned by your messy home. You are not condemned by your lack of desire to homeschool your kids. You are not condemned by your your, your personal life or your personal sins or your personal struggles. You're not condemned by the difficulty for caring for your special needs child 
or a difficulty which wounds deep down in your heart. You're not condemned by the knowledge of how easy it is for you to love one child more than the other. It is not, you're not condemned today because you get so frustrated when people get on your nerves. You're not condemned by your miscarriages. You're not condemned by your lack of desire to have more kids. You are not condemned because you have no desire to adopt. You're not condemned even though you feel it when you read over and over about others' perfect parenting moments on Facebook. Do not be condemned by your inability to cook. You're not condemned because your kids are not normal. You're not condemned because you are divorced and you're doing it all alone. You are not condemned by your desire to be alone away from your kids for for a little bit of time every week, it's, you're not. You're not condemned by a body which may or may not be what it was once. You're not condemned by your repeated failures as a mother. You're not condemned by your rebellious children. You're not com- condemned by the frustration of having to scrape mac and cheese off the kitchen floor every single night. You're not condemned by all the fears and tears which flirt with insanity to take you to the precipice of despair. You're not condemned by not being able to throw the birthday party of the year for your kids. You're not condemned for not feeding your kids the meals that do not come from Whole Foods. You're not condemned by your need for a vacation a few moments away from the kids for your own sanity. You're not condemned because you cannot take your kids on exciting vacations that you see every other family doing. You're not condemned for not living up to the standards of your mother or your mother-in-law. You're not condemned by the stares of those who have no kids when yours erupt into volcanic screams in public places. Mothers, even though you may feel condemned, if you are in Christ, you are not condemned. This is the reality. You're not condemned if you're not able to bear a child. You are not condemned because you cannot celebrate Mother's Day with a mother that you lost. You are not condemned because you do not have a person to call mother. You are not condemned because of the abuse that you've had to face when you're a child. For all of that and more, I want to remind you that the love of Jesus is more than enough for you. He is that Elkanah that stands up and says, am I not enough? I created you before you were born in your mother's womb and sometimes the pressures of you wanting to be what others want you to be leads you to that point of condemnation and God is looking at you and saying, you that are born again, that are sanctified, that are in Christ Jesus, you do not have to walk through condemnation. Would you stand up to your feet all over this place? And some moms, man, if 
you've succumbed either in the past or even today to that social media trap convinced that your significant other somehow you know diminished you or your worth because your families didn't create this Instagram worthy Mother's Day experience in this world driven by likes and shares and comments and cherry-picked photographs I deserve that too can breed a sense of resentment and jealousy or even this sense of one upmanship where you're like I, I got to do better I have better I can show better it can lead to unexpected like unrealistic expectations from your spouses, from your husbands. And today, I just pray that we will just live in awe of God that loves us unconditionally. And if you're a mom here and you don't have the ability to spend this day with your kids, remember that you are loved. Mother's Day is so sensitive because we have women here that have lost your moms. Some women here that have probably been in a different country when your mom went to be with the Lord. Some woman here that your mom probably was not that motherly figure to you that you always wanted or you see around. And you vowed that you would never be that person or you will never be that mother to other kids, that the kids that you have. Wherever you are today, I want to remind you that there is no condemnation for you if you are in Christ Jesus. You know, all over this place, I don't know if, if that's you. I just want, I want to pray over you today. And I'm talking to men, I'm talking to women, I'm talking to everybody that has probably lost a mother that doesn't have a motherly figure. I'm talking to young women that are unable to bear children. You have a physical condition that the doctors have looked at you and said, it's not possible. Man, I have seen impossible be turned to possible. Oof. 2018, sorry, 2017, I visited Rio Bravo, Mex sorry, Reynosa, Mexico. I was ministering at a church there. The Holy Spirit told me to stop my message and he said, there's a woman that's sitting in the corner. Tell that woman that I love her. I said, I have my message, Lord. I just can't stop. He said, no, tell her. So I stopped my message and I said, Jesus loves you. I was like, okay, Lord, that's just normal. That's cliche. And there was a specific message that God told me to tell that woman. And I said, I want to remind you that you've been praying for a child for 12 years. 12 years you've been praying for a child. And it's so clear, crystal clear. And I was like, like when the Holy Spirit told me to tell her this, I was like, Lord, this is pretty specific. It's not a, hey, you're praying for a child. You're going to have a child. You've been praying for a child for 12 years. And you're barren and God is going to give you a child. The good thing is uh, you don't have to go back next Sunday. You can just say that and leave. <laughs> Sounds like, Lord, I'm just saying that. Bye, goodbye. I'm not going to see Reynosa, Mexico anymore. Off back to America. This last year, we were back in Mexico. And our ministry partner, Minerva, she's been here a couple of times. She walked up to me and said, Pastor, there's a woman that wants to meet you. 
I said, okay, cool. We have people praying, praying for people all the time. She walks up to me and she says, this is my son. This is my son. I said, hey, son, how are you? I said, what is your name? He looks at me and, looks at me and says, my name is Ashish. I said, at least say it right, you know? <laughs> that mom named the son after me. And I didn't even know about it. I didn't even know about it. I stood there last year and I looked at this little child and I was like, wow. Lord, your promises are yes and an amen. And if I would have been disobedient in that moment, and I would not have declared that. I have seen the hand of God move. You heard, you heard that in, in a testimony today. We have women in here that have believed for miracles and against all odds, God has opened doors and provided. And I believe today that if you're praying for a miracle and you're praying for a child, my God is able to give you that which you have prayed for. Don't listen to the peninas around you that drag you down. No matter what you've been through in life, I want to remind you, there is a God that loves you unconditionally and His promises are a yes and an amen. So Father, today I thank you for this moment. We thank you for this moment. I thank you for this beautiful service that we've had. I ask God that you will bless us and keep us. I pray for every woman standing in this room. I pray for every man standing in this room that have not felt the love of God in their lives. That have not felt motherly love before. God, I just pray for, I pray for a touch from heaven today. I pray for the young man, the young woman, the elderly man, the elderly woman that have lost a mother figure in their life at some point and this day brings trauma. This very day brings bad memories to them. The many men and women that will, that will not come to church because this day, they will not come to church on Mother's Day because this day brings them too much of sadness. And I pray for the comforting hand of Jesus. I pray for the comforting hand of Jesus. Father, today, I pray for each and every person in this room. I pray that your peace will come upon this church. Your peace will come upon our church family. Every broken heart, we give it into your hands, God. We thank you because you're a promise keeper. You know, I want to echo what Chris said. If you are in need of a miracle, we want to agree with you in prayer. Come forward and, and, and come and pray with us. I'm going to ask Chris and Nissy to join us in prayer. I'm going to ask Vicky to come and help out in prayer. If she's around, please come and help out in prayer. But, but today is a day that God's presence is in this place. And I, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to minimize this by any means. Today there is breakthrough in the house of God. And I want to bless you. I want to release you. And if you need to leave, you can leave. But like we do every Sunday, we're going to be in the presence of God just praying. And we're going to have an atmosphere of prayer. If you want prayers, if you need prayers, if you need somebody to agree with you, pray over you, just get out of your seats. Come forward. Let somebody pray for you. Let somebody agree with you. Let somebody ask, join with you in asking for breakthrough. Father, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for what you've done. We want to thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. I give each and every person in this room into your hands. We want to walk in no condemnation. 
For they that are in Christ, that we are in Christ, we will never be condemned for what we have or what we have not done. We will be the light of Jesus. We will be the light of the world and we will experience the hand of God moving in our lives in a supernatural way. We want to give you praise. We want to give you glory. Thank you for what you've done and what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Church, may the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious to you. May he lift his countenance your direction. And may he give you peace that passeth all understanding. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. If you need prayers, please come up here. If you need to leave, you can leave. If you want to stay back and just worship for some time, you're welcome to stay back and worship. Thank you for listening. We love bringing you the word on so many different platforms. We are so thankful for what God is doing in and through us. We'd love for you to subscribe so you don't miss out. And don't forget to share this message if it has blessed you.